home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. So let's talk about how to really dominate the industry in 2023, industry being construction industry. But really, you can use this approach in any field that you're in. The same principles apply to dominate. You've got to be a student of the industry that you're in. You have to be a student in your field. You have to always be learning. I'm a lifelong learner, so I've embraced that. And I truly believe this has put us ahead of some of our competitors because we embrace change. We embrace technology. We use technology to our benefit. And then we stay on top of the new products that are coming out. Some of the things that I would say to you, if you're looking to get ahead of your competitors, is to just always be up on the newest innovations. Embrace innovation in construction. There is the old saying, this is how we've always done it, especially by some of the older generation in our industry. And that's okay because they have a ton of knowledge that you can use, learn, and grow from. The techniques, a lot of the stuff that they've done in the past is still relevant technique-wise. However, if you don't learn what new products are coming out and stay ahead of that, then you're going to be behind. Because believe me, your competition is out there looking at what new products are out, how they can use it. And not only that, the client is doing the same thing. So the client is looking at all these home building shows that are on television right now. They're doing their research. They're using Google. They're using different things to do a lot of research sometimes even before they call you. So if you really want to dominate your market, um, don't use tips and techniques from 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Heck, even three years ago, they're aged. And while they have relevance, the, the game has changed. And this is in any field that you're in. You have to be a student of your industry. And then you want to not only dominate the industry, but dominate your market, your local area. You don't need to do what everybody else is doing. However, you have to know who your competition is, what they're doing, how they operate, and be better. You don't degrade your standard to match theirs because they're getting more work. You keep your standard. And as you grow in your knowledge and your experience and your skill set, 
you're going to edge ahead of them. But stay true to yourself. The contractor or company who's introducing that innovation or that product is the person that has the advantage. And so if you are that contractor in remodeling and home building, and you're the one constantly learning the new tips and best practices and the new products that are coming out, getting with your local vendors to discuss, hey, what new arrivals do you have and how can I use that to my advantage? Then you're going to be the one that is out there in the field with the right tools, tips, techniques to please the client. You're not going to be coming in with some outdated information. And I can't emphasize this stuff enough. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about bathroom remodeling. Again, I've got my partner Mark here, one of the co-hosts, and we're going to just kind of break down a bathroom remodel in general, maybe answer some questions, uh, talk about best practices in some of the materials that we use specifically now, right now, all we use, we used to do, and we'll just jump right in. We used to do what was called a mud bed and we've switched from doing that, which was basically taking the mortar and building it up, correct? Yeah. Creating a slope. That's right. Okay. And then we went away from that. Why did we go away from doing that? Some of it is the waterproofing mm-hmm. is, is more of a, a challenge. Yeah. To get it waterproofed, you know, your liners and everything is a few more steps. Takes a little longer. So now the Saluda product, you know, takes some of the steps out and makes it a lot easier to work with. Yeah. So some of the, the, the Schluter kit that um, we use now, it's lightweight. It's a com- compressed foam. It is. And it comes with a curb. You can also get a, a bench. They have niches. Yep. They have all the different things that you would need typically in your shower, but they're lightweight and where we would have to pour a mud bed. And how long, how long do you think it would take to do the old school way versus what we do now? So the old school way, you would have to pour your mud bed. Yep. Waterproof it mm-hmm. and then water test it. Yeah. You know, stop the drain up, put your little water in it and let it set 24 hours. Yeah. You know, so now you're in two days just to get it bread guard and water tested. Yeah. Where with the Saluda pan, you have one day and you're ready to set tile. Gotcha. Yeah. So it, it saved us a, a day, which, you know, for us is a hefty bit on labor. And then it was also more lightweight. A lot more lightweight. So what's the difference in kind of... We talked about the mud bed, so the uh, pan, people say mud pan, they say a pan, shower pan. There's all different types of names can call this thing, but uh, we now use the the Curdy for that, the, the Schluter system for that. And uh, on the walls, a part of that Schluter system is the Curdy board. It is either Curdy board or the Curdy membrane. Curdy board or Curdy membrane. Yeah, which we typically use the membrane. Okay. Um, it does apply directly over a green rock. Okay. Uh, Ten sets. It, it's, uh, Do you have to have, so can you tell me when we're looking at drywall in a bathroom or a wet area, any really wet area, is there a difference between a regular sheet of drywall versus what they call purple board or green board or any of that? There is. Okay. So what are the different uh 
colors and what are they for? So the green rock and purple rock are for moisture areas. Other than that, the um, what is the actual curdy board versus um, using a piece of sheet rock or the curdy membrane? So the curdy board is half inch thick and it is made the same product as the floor. Okay. It so is, it's a, like it's a, a compressed, compressed styrofoam. Gotcha. But a sheet of it, it might weigh 10 pounds. Yeah. Versus a sheet of sheet rock weighs several more pounds than that. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we used to use, um, what's called Durock. Yeah. And, uh, even that sometimes I noticed a lot of the edges and stuff would just chip and break because yeah. all that is is like a packed or compressed concrete okay. or sand, right? Yeah. So when you when you look at doing a, a bathroom, let's talk about the first step. You're going to walk in and uh, you've got all your measurements. You've got, you know, material ordered and sitting at the shop, right? Vanity, flooring, all that. Yeah. But let's just talk about the first step in a bathroom remodel. What do you what do you physically as the contractor when it's time to go to work? What are you doing? The very first thing I would do is start my demo. OK, uh, size up the bathroom. My entry points, get everything protected, and then start demoing the shower. Yeah. Whether it's a tub, you know, garden tubs are really popular to take out now. Yep. Everybody is is taking out their, well, you know what? What's funny is it was everybody was taking out the garden tub and putting in a shower and not even having a tub, right? Converting like linen closets into a smaller shower or um, vice versa, just only having a large shower and, and, uh, taking out the garden tub. But now it seems like people are, they've went back to yeah. getting tubs. Yeah. They're right? trending back to tubs in the master, but it's not the garden tub. Right. It's, it's a freestanding free standalone. Or something to that. And yeah. It's, um, right now I think aesthetically just the look of a standalone tub is what, what, what's trending and people are, are getting them. So they're taking out. They still want the big walk-in, though. We're we're still doing that. So, all right. So we'll get back on it. So you're talking. You walk in and and you demo, chipping up all the all the tile, ripping out the the um the shower. Is there a right way to do that, or you just walk in and go to town? You know, I do look at what kind of shower it is. Mm-hmm. If it's an insert, first thing I do is locate my point of water source. Yeah. Make sure the water's off. Yeah. And then I take a hacksaw to the insert. Yeah. Or a sawzall. So once you cut that water off, if you've, you're using a sawzall or any of that type of stuff, you aren't necessarily worried about poking a pipe. So I'm always worried about poking a pipe. Sure. But I, I'm not worried about flooding the house that way. Right. So when I go in, I still stay mindful of where I feel like the water line should be. Sure. And as I get to those points, I try to keep my blade shallow. Once I get it cut and then remove the upper piece, because I usually cut it in half. Yeah. Vertically. I'll and there, is there still water in the lines, even though you cut yeah. off the, um, you know, is. turn the valves off outside and there's no water to the bathroom or to the house? Is there still water in the lines you got to be mindful of? There is. Uh, okay. A good thing to think about when you start something like that is to find your lowest um, water faucet outside. Okay. And open it up. Okay. And that'll help drain all the water below your valve level. Yep. So if you do hit something at that height, so if you're you, not going to have very much water at all come out. Yeah. And that's kind of a good tip to use there so what he's saying is you've shut off the valve you've shut off water to the house yeah right 
and you're saying go and find the lowest faucet. Lowest, lowest outside faucet and open it up. Yeah. And that'll drain your water level lower than what most shower valves are. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. We've started the demo. We're getting everything out of the house. We're going to have some sort of a trailer, dump trailer, whatever there yeah. to, to put everything in. What do you do with the toilet? Uh, so if the customer does not want the toilet, it goes in the trailer. Yeah, it'll go. It'll yeah, go it'll to the go. dump. If yeah. they do want the toilet, we will find a safe place for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, put scoreboard under it and try to put it in a safe, protected area. Okay. And then uh, you've basically got the toilet out. You've got it demoed. You got the floor, you know, chipped up and and uh, always wear safety gear, eye goggles and stuff. We've seen people get yeah. cut, chip and tile, um, get hurt doing that, but. Anyway, so you've got everything. Now, are you smooth to the concrete? Is that what the goal is? Or subfloor, whatever's yeah. whatever's there? Okay. Yeah. That, at the end of the day, that is the goal. Is yeah. Now, what do you do? So the first thing you do, you've you've got this thing gutted. What's the what's the next step? Yeah, so for me, the next step is getting the shower prepared. Okay. Getting your, whether it's green rock up or door rock, whatever product you're using, getting yep. it up. Get the yeah. wall Get the walls. Mud bed forward. So you you put the walls up before you put up uh, install your pan or your mud bed. I do. Okay. I do. I put my walls up first, then I do my mud bed or my saluda pan most yep. of the time now, and then we'll use our curdy uh, corners and and waterproof and stuff and get it all set in and waterproofed. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now you've uh, demoed. You put the shower back basically first. Yep. Now, even before that, though, what if uh, you've removed a tub and you're now going to a shower? So before you just jump into the even doing the shower, you're going to have the plumber come in and do potentially do a drain move. When would you not have to do a drain move when you're removing a tub and installing a shower? If you're removing the tub if your drains left or right hand you can now get a curdy pan okay that has a end drain yeah so typically you don't have to do a huge drain move yeah to get it to center because they have everything sloped to one end or the other gotcha um and if it is a center drain tub that you're taking out then you've got your drain is already center. it's already there yep. and if you don't know most of the time on on a tub that's not center drain you've got it's either left or right hand and then when you're doing a shower you want it to drain to the center uh, so you are moving where the drain was on the left or right side to the center and then you're going to slope towards the center so the water runs towards the center but talk about a linear drain so how, what, how does that work? So a linear drain can be put on, it's just a long skinny drain. A lot of times a linear drain works really good if you're removing a tub from the left or right hand drain position. Yeah. That linear drain gives you now, the capability of still using the left or right side. So we'll get a little specific on this because if I'm a client that has no clue that I just want my remodel done, is there a benefit to it or is it more just aesthetics at this point? And then on our point, is it, it's a little bit, what about cost too? So we're talking visually, some people like them. They do look yeah. cool for us. It's all about putting it in and make sure the slope is yeah. right, but it does save uh, us a little time and money. And so quite possibly when you look at the big picture, if they have a left or right drain, and convert to a linear drain just to keep it on the same same side, then 
they there is some cost savings because even though the linear drain itself is a little more expensive, if we don't have to perform a drain move and pay a plumber to come in and move that, that's a that's a big savings, right? In comparison. Okay. Because when they come in to do a drain move, it depends on what if you're in concrete or subfloor, but they're actually they may be chipping up concrete and stuff like that. But the Schluter system that we use, they have, uh, you can make it a center drain even if the drain is offset a little bit, correct? You can. You uh, can. They actually have, it's kind of like a step-up pan. Yeah. It's about three inches thick yeah. that you put down and you can actually cut your trench and just run your pipe on top of the slab, but it will be in the foam. Yeah. The, and so, then get to where you need it. And do a drain move without chipping concrete. It just makes your step in a little higher. Gotcha. I know we got in the weeds a little bit. That's fine. But we've we've basically demoed everything in the bathroom. We have moved the drain if needed to be moved. We've put up the um, the walls. You've installed your pan, yep. right? Either curdy, mud bed, whatever you choose to use there. You've installed your pan and you've applied the, the membrane for your waterproofing. Yeah. Or if you're not using the Schluter kit, some sort of a red guard or whatever it is to waterproof it. Got to make sure that you waterproof this thing correctly. So while that's that part is done, what's next in the bathroom remodel? So if there's any sheetrock work, yep. before I start my tile, I will normally do any of my sheetrock patching. If there's a light move, get my electrician to move it. Yep. Anything that'll... They may add a, right. a vent. They may add, you know, whatever, yeah, a new shower vent, wh- whatever it's going to be. Yeah. So you you want to get everything that's behind the wall, in the ceiling, all of that stuff. That's cutting out sheetrock and moving yeah. um, electrical or plumbing. Um, if they're getting a new vanity, any of that stuff, you want to make any of those moves at that point and before you start your sheetrock work. Yeah. And then you're going to... Start then, patch. Then I will start my patch. That okay. way I can, you know, sheetrock mode's a process. We yeah. all know it. Yeah. Uh, I've got yes, you cannot. Time. So we, we were having this conversation. Um, you know, smaller areas, it's okay to use what they call hot mud or five-minute mud or 20-minute uh, mud. But really, on a larger patch, right, you were saying this, it's it's not ultimately what you want to use for a larger It's not. Patch. Yeah. It's not. I really like to use a... Uh, regular 45 minute mud yeah uh, uh, some sort of lightweight mix it or a bucket mud that's pre-mixed yeah uh, go ahead and give it its pure full cure time yeah let it shrink do everything it's going to do yeah um, and then it's usually going to take some time for that to dry so now he's got pretty much the shower waterproofed ready it was demoed and now he's just he made his electrical and plumbing moves that needed to be done and he is now ready to um, patch all the sheetrock from where the electrician and plumber had to do their work or maybe where we ripped out a vanity and there's holes that, you know, have changed places and different things like that. So we've patched everything with the sheetrock and then we've applied the mud and we're going to let that set up for the night, basically. Okay. Now, can all of what you just said be done in a day or is that, Probably a two-day process. What do you think? So the demo is usually a day process. Okay. Um, so day one, demo, done. Yeah. And then day two, you'll start your shower 
Yeah. Um, reconstruction, putting it all back together. So with a shower, would that be done in, in a, does that take the whole day to do the it, shower? It does not. Normally okay. if there's some sheetrock patching, if I can get the electrician in, I'll usually give them a day. Yeah. Uh, electrician, plumber in to do their thing. So day two, so day one demo, day two, you're, you're getting your, My subs your in subs in there. there, your electrician and plumber are in there so they can go ahead and do their moves. Yeah. So that's day two. And then day three, I'll build the shower back. And we try to, we try to stay out of their way, yeah. what, let them work. So yeah. day two is literally them and they're doing their thing. Yeah. And a hundred um, square foot bathroom is hard for it's, multiple groups. Absolutely. Really and so, all right. So day three is where you've put in your, your shower, you've started putting your shower back. Now, yeah. does that process for a seasoned person, it's going to still be a little bit quicker for a slower person. Is that, is that an all day process? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah. If it's a homeowner that's never done it before, sure, I would definitely say an all day project. Okay. Uh, one of our guys, uh, five hours probably yeah. on a normal shower. Yep. They get it dried in and ready. Um, Kind of the way I always did it is that's what I do first thing in the morning. Get yeah. it all ready. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as you come in day three, you're start you're prepping. Yeah. You're putting I'm, up the walls and yep, going through the my process. Shower, Got it. And then I'm patching my holes behind everybody. Yep. And so, try to do that that third day. Yeah. That way everything's got a day to dry. Okay. All right. Then so all that's done. Your mud's sitting up to dry. You come in on day four now, and what's your What's your thought process there? So day four is laying tile. Yeah. That is, I will go in and, and put. Now, are you going to, are you going to do any sanding or anything before or no? You're no. just, you're going straight in for tile. Okay. I'm going straight in for tile. Um, typically, if, you know, you wait till the end of the day, you pull your mud, it's still wet. First yeah. Thing in the morning. Yep. Still got a little. And you're in a bathroom and, and where we are, especially here yeah. on the Alabama Gulf Coast, if if it's summertime, it's humid, it humid, is. and even sometimes, I mean, probably nine months out of the year, you're dealing with yeah. humidity here, so it takes a little bit longer here. Yeah, um, I, I can give you a little secret. Yeah, um, to help your mud dry, even if you're using bucket mud, when you add a little bit of water, you spin it, throw a handful of forty-five or twenty-minute mud in with it. Yeah, it will help it heat up to uh, to dry it a little quicker. Nice. Okay. Um, Little things like that does help. Yeah. Okay. So you come in, it's still, the, the mud's still drying yeah. and you're starting to put down your tile. Yeah. Now talk, talk to us about that process a little bit. So me, I like to do my floor and then my walls. Okay. But to not hold myself. Now up. are you, now are you talking bathroom floor tile? That shower. you're starting, so you're so day four, you're walking in and you're starting your shower floor, shower okay, floor. which is a mosaic or something yeah. like that. Okay, gotcha. But what I try to do is because if I do my shower floor first, then yeah. I can't do anything else in my shower. Yeah. So I normally will run a ledger board mm-hmm. um, around eleven inches and take a one by two or whatever and put around the bottom level line, nail it, start from there, stack my tile all day. Okay. When I'm done that evening before I leave, I'll set my mosaic. Okay. And then the next morning, do that last row of tile to my mosaic. To your mosaic. So you're you're coming in doing your walls. Yep. Now, when you do your walls, and and really the complicated part of doing showers or tile in general is the layout. When our guys, uh, they learn to cut relatively quickly and they learn to measure and, and they can even install and level 
where you make your money as a tile installer is learning how to lay it out and get it started at the right point. And, and really that's the, just, you know, the experience starts to talk there because if you lay it out wrong, it just, it looks, starts looking crazy. It you does. know what I mean? So, so when you're laying out, if you're doing a shower. Start at the same point. It's, it's always a different layout. Depending yeah. on which style I'm using, what yeah. size I'm using. But I always start at the shower head corner. The shower on, head on corner. The long oh, okay. wall. Yeah. Um, you think about when you get in your shower. Yeah. How often do you look at the back wall? Right. Your eyeballs always going to be when you're getting in the shower, that wall. Yeah. Uh, to me, True. that's the focal True. point yeah. of everything. I want it to be my starting point. Yeah. And I want it to be tight and pretty. You know, I want them all to be tight and pretty. But Get your walls up and then you're going to do your floor. Yeah. Now, is that a day process? No, no. It okay. Is not. So how long, how long do you need to, to do tile, install your tile on a shower? On the full shower from yeah. top to bottom. I can do it in a day. Yeah. I usually do it in a day and a couple hours next morning because I've left that bottom row off. So yeah. I'll come back and do that bottom row in my curb yeah. that morning. Gotcha. And then I'll start laying my bathroom flooring, whether it's tile or LVP, whatever. Yeah. And I'll lay that floor and then I'm ready for for my Everything furniture else. vanities come in. All that gets hooked up. So now you've got basically you've got all your tile done. You got shower floor tile done. You've got your curb installed. You've got the bathroom floor itself, whether it's LVP or um, tile, it's installed. And at this point, you haven't grouted and you haven't messed with the sanding of the mud yet. Right. Okay. So when is so? What's your next? Now you've got your tile in. What's the next step? So next step is once I get my floor in, I will put a shell over it. Yeah, uh, a floor shell, a some floor shell so, yeah. protection of some sort. Then I'll sand, just a light sand. Then put my second coat of mud on. Yeah. After that, then it's all the grouting. Yeah. Cleaning your grout lines, getting it all ready, vacuumed out, and then yeah. start grouting. What is the most for us right now? What is the most common type of grout we're using? Uh, so the mape grout. Okay. It is one we've been using a lot of. It's the ultra. Yeah. Mape grout is. Um, is that that's sanded? It, so it's a universal. Yeah. It can be used in all applications where you were having to use a sanded or non-sanded. Okay. Now you can use it all the way down to a 16th inch grout line, all the way up to a half inch grout yeah. line. Yeah. And the grout line, typically, if a, let's just say a client doesn't say, I want super thin grout lines yeah. or i want wide grout line what are what are we gonna do uh my s- normal standard for us is three sixteenths. Three sixteenths. okay yeah. is there any specific reason or it just kind of makes yeah, a nice it's just a a good nice in between from yeah. from one inch to three or from 16th to three eighths yeah because three eighths is usually your largest that you'll use on a typical tile yeah and then sixteenths is the, your smallest. Yeah. So a good comfortable in between is that three sixteenths number. It's, you know, gives you a good, nice grout line. So. Okay. So n- we come in and we apply the grout. Um, you've sanded. You've applied the grout. Um, and then from there, what are we doing? So after we get the grout applied, wiped down, uh, then we'll do any final touch ups on the mud. 
Yeah. That next day, if there's any final touch-ups, yep. we'll get it lightly sanded, cleaned up, do the touch-ups, get it ready for paint. Yep. So at that point, you, you got to really give the, the grout a good one. I mean, you know, good once over, yep. clean up everything, yep. um, install any kind of, now, do you install the fixtures, less, you know, uh, toilet paper holders, any of that type of stuff, power rack, any of that? Do you install that? Pre or post paint? Post. Post paint. Okay. So you want them to come in because typically on a remodel, if they didn't change any of that out, they're, yeah, they they should be removing and and painting it. Um, and some will go around it and, you know, but yeah, so we're painting the whole thing and then we're installing the hardware and uh, we'll have to trim our plumbing out. Yeah. Put shower head in, do your, your faucet trims. Um, shower door. Yeah. If you're getting a shower door and then you'll do your toilet paper holders, towel racks. Yeah. Um, you know, the plumber will hook up the sink while he's there. Yep. Um, there's usually one or two fixtures to put in. Yeah. So we'll get those put in, then clean up and put put the toilet back, all that stuff. That's right. Okay. All right. So that's pretty much the evolution of, of a bathroom remodel in, um, just recap day one demo day. Uh, day two, we, um, had the electrician and plumber come in. Yeah. Day three, you came in and started working on the waterproofing, the waterproofing and that took, you know, half a day. And then the sheetrock, you know, you started patching and, and mudding the sheetrock. Day four, you came in and started your walls. Yeah. All right. All the, and, and that took most of the day. And, uh, then you left a little bit for the floor, right? The shower floor. Um, so then day five, you're coming in and you're doing your shower floor and so the shower floors on day four also. Oh, okay. At, at the end of day four. Is your at the end of day four. Okay. Got and it. And then you finish up your curb and your last row of wall top. Okay. And that's and all day four. Um, so day five, we'll start the last row of wall tile, uh-huh. the flooring and any touch up and second coat of sheetrock mud. Got it. All right. And so you're four days in, uh, day five, you're, you're coming in and you're doing what? You've applied your floor shell at that point yeah, too, right? Applied the floor shell, floor shell, got ready for grout, got everything cleaned up. Um, sheetrock final touch ups. Yep. Um, day, er, late day five, early day six is yeah. paint. Okay. Got and, it. And then you can do your last little bit of trims. Yep. And you're putting everything back in. Yeah. Okay. I think that pretty much covers the basics of going through the process of a bathroom remodel. I know we dug in a little bit on some of the products and we will continue to dig in on products and process, but we just wanted to get through a bathroom remodel in general from how we would do it. I know you guys always have some feedback. Guys and girls have some feedback. So let us know if you do something different and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we'll continue to talk more about uh, the remodeling industry, home building industry. And we'll, we'll, we're going to try our best to change it up um, where we're doing some home building one week, some remodeling one week and, and making sure that you walk away um, learning something. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are. 
the home building and remodeling show. 